be on the dugout Lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases Do it for your teammates, do it for the fan Do it for your city, true ballers understand You gotta work together, you gotta find a way Put your body on the line and make that play Be on the dugout, lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the base Be on the dugout be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Well, Kyoto Koto Kator, and welcome along to Be on the Dugout. It's episode number 24 this week. It is uh, 24th of September. Boy, boy, aren't we moving fast through the year. Great to have you along uh, with you. It's Jason Goobs, a.k.a. Chopper. And, of course, the ever busy, ever, always got something to do, Damien Collins. Kia ora, brother. Kia ora, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another week. 24, two more. 24. Two more, and that's half a year, isn't it? How quick is it running, man? Wow. Not bad. Wow. I'm just impressed your mass is that good. Mate, the 16th of April, we kicked this off. There's 20, 52 weeks in a, in a year, 26 episodes. That's half a year, man. That's, that's some legends. There's some great people. I love this stuff. Let's do another one, eh? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Well, firstly, of course, for all those in New Zealand, congratulations to you for putting your heads down, bums up, and really uh, kicking this COVID to the curb and uh, trying out the level three in Auckland and uh, and the rest of the country moving along. It's it's just great to see that. Absolutely, mate. We um we can get through this. Uh, Wellington, mate. We're in level two. Uh, Business as usual, mate, uh, but I'm over these masks, eh? I'm over them. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's got that feeling about them, isn't it? Well, the only thing, though, with Aucklanders, they're probably happy with wearing masks as yeah. long as they can eat a Big Mac. Yeah, true that. Well, you don't need a Big Mac with a mask on. And how good are those masks that uh, these clubs are producing uh, with uh, – sorry, I, I – Apologise for forgetting the company, but so I love I love that these softball clubs all across the country are jumping on the the wagon, and getting their getting their logos out there on their faces. It is pretty cool, indeed. Hey, did you just throw them under the bus because they haven't sponsored Beyond the Dugout yet? Pure oh, athletic. Me, I'm not going to name anyone that isn't sponsoring okay. Beyond the Dugout. <laughs> the sponsorship uh, sp- slots are still available, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to get behind the brand, let's go. <laughs> nah, it's going to be a cool year this year. To be fair, cool summer with softball, and, and as you mentioned, uh, the evol- evolving part of masks and clubs getting mm. masks and things. Season's going to be different. We all know that now in New Zealand, um, but man, I'm looking forward to it, mate. I know I'm not. I'm not going to rub it into you, the Aucklanders, but I've already had two trainings. Well, three right. actually. Last Saturday and Sunday, and then um, the, the sorry, the Saturday and Sunday before that, and then last Sunday, I've already grazed the knee, mate. It's already open. Already open hmm. the knee uh, on the so- on the skin diamond. <laughs> sorry, it's because you need it. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, we know. I'm getting older, mate. I'm 39 in a couple of weeks, and um, I'm still going to give it 100% this year. So let's go. Fantastic. Talk about 100%, man. The reaction to uh, Barty Tyra and Bartarello's episode last week. How cool has that been? Yeah, very cool. Another another person getting on the podcast um, 
that you know pretty quiet when you when you walk uh, when you get to know him around the traps. You know, you run into him, you get a hollow, and and um, how's your father? And and if you want to press for more, he'll give it to you. But there was a different side of him last week, and I and I know a lot of people out there would have appreciated um, hearing a story what he's gone through. It's not just. A man standing at the hot corner and making those plays, but it's, you know he's 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 had a journey and uh, a hell of a one at that. And I, I thank uh, Barty for sharing it. Fantastic indeed, and, and indeed very lucky to share his story. Then around the traps, the ABs have been on fire; they haven't stopped. But it's a big question, man. They got the world champs this weekend in South Africa. Yeah, well, I told you that the RGs would test us and. They kind of didn't. So uh, yeah, the box they haven't <laughs> they, had, they haven't yeah, they haven't had uh, the best of runs in the last couple. We were going down to the Aussies uh, that we ducked, and uh, but anyway, um, but uh, you know they always turn up, eh? You know they always turn up. The box hundred years this year, or is it hundred tests? No, it's hundred years, eh? Uh, since the first one. Um, yes. Yeah. And so um, I know one thing: it's a long time. It's a long time, and you know what Haka was seeing this weekend, eh? You know what yeah, Haka is going to. I hope a couple of panel bring it Bro, out. Boys. Hasn't come bring out yet. It out. Did I ever tell you that story about that one? The first time I saw that one. No, tell me. I was in Dublin in the wool shed around the mm-hmm. around the corner from my flat in Cable Street, Dublin one, Dublin two actually, right in the city centre. Loved it. Anyway, I was a pisshead for about three years. Give or take. And I was on a big weekend. So I watched that game at the Woolshed twice. I forgot I watched it live. The second time, I thought I was watching it live. So what did I do? I watched that hucker for the very first time against the Mm -hmm. box. What was it? 2005, 2006? Seven? Yeah. No, around around that time. I walked out of the pub. In the piss state that I was, I rung my (laughs) ex-lawyer, Conrad Smith, a.k.a. Snakey, a.k.a. one of the best 13s we've ever had, Mm -hmm. thinking the boy was on the field. So I'd leave him a message. Bro, mean hucker, when did that happen, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't. It was the next morning. He woke up. He answered the fucking phone. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Bags, what do you want? Uh, aren't you on the field? You're watching a replay. <laughs> oh. oh, bro, I'm sorry. And then, mean hacker, cuz, go back to sleep. Dude, dude, dude. Yeah. Dublin, oh. Dublin. Mate, it was good times. It was good times. <laughs> awesome brother awesome well I, I think the ABs are going to really put the sp- um, the Springboks to the test this weekend we know they've had a couple of tough games against Quade Cooper and the Aussies but uh, man they're not world champions for no reason so it'll be a big match absolutely and um, have we ever had a box test on neutral ground I'll tell you what no, I don't know apart from World Cups of course yeah. but um, I'm loving that this one is up in Townsville so all of the Kiwis and, and, and the South Africans that are in that region get a chance to see international rugby on their back doorstep mm. I really hope we see some more seats in those stands eh? uh, but hey mate I'll be, I'll be uh, glued to the box at home um, watching on my beautiful 75 inch TV uh, love watching the All Blacks and uh, let's go
Let's go indeed. Third other sport going on, baseball's only nine games left in the regular season. And these two parts of the uh, National League divisions that are still up for grabs, that's the East, Atlanta and Philadelphia. Bryce Harper, he's still in there. I don't know why, but he is. And then, of course, uh, it is the West in the National League, and that's my boys, the Dodgers, uh, uh, trying to put first place off San Francisco. Those two teams, though, man, like compared to the rest of the two te- uh, rest of the teams in the whole comp, mm. like leaps and bounds ahead. San Francisco is on ninety nine wins, man, almost on a hundred. That's like almost unheard of. Damn, isn't it usually about half and half, or just over and a bit under kind of thing? Yeah, that's no joke, crazy. Man. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, without a doubt. So looks like the postseason's going to be outstanding. Just two parts of those divisions to be sorted uh, for the teams to come through there. And I guess the wild card, which is always a lottery. Uh, and then we'll see how we, we go from there. My boy Dodgers are still with a sniff and a chance. Two games back from San Francisco, as I said earlier, nine games to go in the regular season. Uh, has it been a full season, mate? Has it been the full 162? Season. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, full 162 games this season. So they'll put in their dues, that's for sure. It oh, did. Good luck to the Dodgers, did. mate. Good luck to your Dodgers. Yeah, good luck to the Dodgers. But uh, this week, man, uh, I tell you what. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, the, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. If, if we're talking sports, mate, just before yes. we get on to this week, shout out to my intermediate mixed team at St. Joseph's Primary School. Oh, hello. Yep, that's right. I'm telling the world. Is this the comeback kids? This work, these, these kids, they, they have had a shocking season. But that, in fairness, no one's taught them. I've had them for two weeks. Last week was my debut as a basketball coach. 42 to 2. We were the two, not the 42. This week, after losing every game this season and getting smashed last week, while smiling, they got their first win. 21-14. I was so... Oh, mate. And you should have seen them. After the game, they sat down because they thought there was another quarter. I'm looking at them. I'm looking at them going, uh, do you guys know you just won your first game? And they're like, no, nah, we've got another quarter. I'm like, no, nah, you just played four. And they're like, oh, I'm my sorry. God. <laughs> they yeah, lost I'm it. sorry, yeah. coach. We don't win games. What are you talking about? Yeah, hey. Well, nah, they'll come back in the last. <laughs> there is no last. <laughs> You've done it. <laughs> oh, mate. I was so proud. So proud. Nah. <laughs> great to hear, buddy. Great to hear. Great to hear you passing on the skills too, man. Mate, never played, okay. never coached, uh, but I've sat courtside the last five years of the Saints, and uh, I think I learnt one or two things because the <laughs> organizer came up to me and goes, "You should be involved with basketball more." Oh, really? You reckon? Fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait till the kids get their own uh, call out onto the onto Mate, the court. Working on that intro, I just need the light oh. show to go with it. <laughs> fair enough, bud. Fair enough. Man, this week in uh, episode 24, we have got ourselves a pearler. We got an athlete that has simply done anything, everything in the game, especially domestically, won everything coming out of Auckland and, uh, and has made the big move to the windy smoke of mm-hmm. Wellington, but also kind of reinvented himself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thomas Cameron, someone, um, uh, a name I've, I've known for a very long time. Um, you know, around Auckland and moving to Wellington, same club, same co- uh, same would have been the same club, would have been the same college. Uh, uh, just a story since that breakout in, in um, 03, 04, 
Um, but yeah, someone that has gone, uh, that came into elite sport early, um, and he's still around, but you know, that isn't the, exactly the path that took him to where he is now. And, um, I'm really stoked that, um, Benny came on and, and shared his story because, um, it's a hell of a story and, uh, he, he he's changing lives and, um, good on him. That's it. You touched on it, but I won't give away too much. He is changing lives. Let's get to him. Let's go. Some players perform internationally, some players perform domestically. Well, our guest this week on Beyond the Dugout has done both, won so many national titles, it's just hard to keep track, both provincially and club-wise, for Mount Albert Ramblers and PK. It is who joins us, the Black Sox star from 2004, Thomas Cameron. Hey, Chopper. Hey, Benny, my man. Hey, thanks for taking the time today, brother, especially under the conditions New Zealanders at the moment. How are you guys doing? Um, yeah, quite testing times right now, but getting through it. And, uh, nice. We'll see how we go over the next week. Benny, let's jump straight into it, bro. Nor here, queer man. Uh, what's your genealogy, cause where, where are you from? Uh, well, I was born and bred in Auckland, and um, my mum came from the far north at an early age, and she went to uh, Mount Roscoe Grammar. Uh, Dad was brought up in Auckland, tangering him, and... Um, yeah, we pretty much just lived under just playing uh, softball during the summer and um, based at Mount Abbott Junior, Juniors in um, Hendon Park during the winters. Damn. That was our, uh, that was our religion. <laughs> We're just down the road at Mount Eden, mate. Could have been friends. Could have been friends. It's not far. Exactly. <laughs> Barry, um, uh, for those who don't know, uh, you have a brother as well. Michael, what's the age difference between the two of you? Uh, Mike would be three years younger than myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he's based over the store at the moment. Lucky uh, or unlucky little... right now, <laughs> considering the COVID situation. But yeah, cool. Yeah, I, th- I think he, I think he's in a good place right now. He's, he's enjoying his little bubble. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah. Good to hear, bro. Good to hear. Uh, gr- growing up for uh, for the Camerons, bro. What was it like? What you know, school life, home life. What was and sport? What type of sports did you play growing up? Uh, we played all sorts. We um, very competitive. Uh, didn't matter whether it was basketball, rugby, or football, but um, we we're always playing something. And yeah. I guess we just didn't have any any um, outside distractions from that. We didn't really have too, too much technology. I think we had an Atari and maybe uh, a Sega Master System later on down the track, but we didn't have uh, all the gimmicks and devices that we have these days. So we had to keep ourselves occupied by. Um, just competing against one another and whoever else is in the neighbourhood. Nice. Game on. Dude, where did softball start for you? I uh, started from a pretty early age. Uh, my dad grew up playing, playing the game, as well as his brother, Uncle Pete. And, um, yeah, we started, I think we were about five years old, based at Eden Ross School, May Road. Um, yeah, just kind of... It, it, that's how it was. We just we grew up at a young age. We didn't know anything else, and here we are. 
Yeah, indeed, dude. When you uh, talk about growing up, um, age grades, when you first started making reps, who are some of the names your teammates that we would know about? Um, if I could recall, uh, my first uh, Auckland under 12 rep team, I think Tony New would have been in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tane Richardson. Garrett Gibbons. Mean. Um, Joel Carden. A few names that don't really um, you hear about these days, but um, Tony yes. is still in the mix, which is good to see. Yeah, man. Um, Tane, Tane had a good career. He's, uh, I think he's based yeah. in Aussie right now. I don't know. I'm not sure if he's still playing or not, but I'm guessing he would be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, had, we always had good competition, um, good teammates. So I was always quite competitive throughout the grade from a young age. I think all were did, always quite dominant. Yeah. yeah, understandable, bro. You guys were just run a mark and was a tattoo your guy's name on the trophy half the time on those age groups. Um, when when did um, when was it was Michael old enough to play with you? Uh, it didn't get uh, I think it would have been between the ages of 19, 16, uh, we, we did win a uh, secondary schools title. Yeah. I think at that time, we were both, we were both at St. Peter's College with, with uh, Nate. Yeah. So I was my cousin, Lee. And I remember them being around third form as well as Taiki. And I think Nathan was uh, seventh form and I was uh, sixth. And then I think yeah. the rest of the players in that team were either tennis players or cricketers. <laughs> Who was the coach, uh, man? One of the classies? Eric Kalassi was our coach. So yeah. He was our caretaker at, um, at St. Peter's. He also coached um, the first 15 team as well. So it was a no-brainer that he wanted me to um, switch codes from league to Union. Um, first 15. Yeah, yeah. Which oh, not 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 that you have to pick. Which one did you like better, man? Legal union. Uh, I would have to say rugby league. That was yeah. uh, that was always my go-to growing up. I think I just enjoyed not just having one role. Uh, rugby, you only had one yeah. one job, and that was to tackle whoever was uh, whoever had the ball. I think in rugby league, you. I had the ball more through the attack as well as defence, so I, I enjoyed rugby league more than I did uh, rugby union. Yep. I uh, mean, was there was there ever a time uh, that softball may have not have been the sport? It could have been a different sport for Thomas Cameron. Um, I think growing up, you. Got sick of whatever you were playing through through uh, six months of didn't matter if it was softball or, or rugby league. Yeah. Um, you know, once the season was done, I was ready to play um, either either. It was a good match because it just gave you time away from uh, each coast. Yep. And I think it worked out well, just having that nice balance of. Um, 
playing different codes uh, throughout each season, um, whether it was winter or summer. But I, yeah, I really enjoyed playing rugby league as well. I think that it was a time when I thought that I could have um, gone further with it, but I think opportunities came across to um, play in the US at an earlier age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hard. There you talk so it was about, a no-brainer, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're going to talk about the US because you spent quite a bit of time over there. Um, but uh, I think it was around the age of 17, you made the move from Eden Roskill uh, to Mount Albert Ramblers. There was no premier side at Eden Roskill at the time. Um, what was that change for you? Because you'd been at the one club the whole time. It wasn't too much. Of, it, was a, it was a no-brainer back then because um, – I think Rick Early was involved with our Eden Roskill Premier team at the time and uh, he he asked myself as well as uh, Paul Dolan if we wanted to uh, make the move and I think everyone agreed that it was probably the right call at the time. Yep. And um, it was only just down the road as well, so... The facilities we had at Warren Freer were um, top-notch and the people down there were super welcoming. And, um, yeah, I can't remember how many years I spent with Ramblers, but it was a good, good time over yeah. a decade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and that time you were there at Man Albert Ramblers and, of course, Auckland, you would go on to win just numerous amounts of titles. Obviously, the age group's coming up first, but then at the senior level, um, did that surprise even you, how much success you were getting? Um, I think I was just young and naive at the time that I just kind of ran with it. And I think the opportunity came across and I um, had had good catches, good coaching, good building. So I think when um, we started playing against the, the Auckland Marist and all these other top teams in premier level, I think I enjoyed that, the, 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 the competition that was um, set upon us. And um, it all kind of just into place, I, uh, I just really enjoyed competing against these uh, these people that you really looked up to growing up. Mean, mean. I think so that's just, where. Uh, look, oh, sorry. No, you're right. I think that's what kind of helped with getting a bit more self belief, a bit more confidence, was knowing that you could be that against your Taitel Matthews and yeah. your uh, Dean Rices and Dion Nukunukus and. I think growing up, looking up to them as, uh, you know, the ultimate, you know, uh, football players, it was, um, I think it just built a lot of confidence within myself that um, the Lance Roberts, the Calvin Roberts, the Lyndon Andrews had had a lot of belief in me being a youngster as well, and that really helped kind of um, build that legacy that we created within our uh, Rampers Football Club. That's, that is awesome, bro. Real good. Um, Matt, I just remembered something and I, I meant to ask you earlier. Um, in that adolescent uh, end of uh, teens age group, you must have been, when they uh, uh, young 
uh, Cameron Duncan made his uh, short film. You were involved in the filming of that. What was that experience like for you? It was quite humbling. Noticing that he was going through his struggles. Um, it, was, it was a bit of a wake-up call for most of us that were, inv- and, uh, that were in- involved with it. I didn't really know him personally, but he played alongside my brother growing up through the age groups, and um, Mike talked quite highly about him. He knew that he was going to be a, a potential Black Sox player later on down the down the track, so I took his word for it, and um, yeah, it was quite tough to kind of watch him going through his... Uh, going through his struggles but um, at the same time he was quite determined to finish this uh, short film that he created um, yeah so you bring up his name eh? it's quite touching quite um, quite humbling when you uh, hear his name still I think through yeah. that um, Black Sox campaign through 2004 I think there, there was a lot of us that used him as our source of inspiration Yep. And his parents played a massive role uh, within that Black Sox culture too. Yeah, but while you're there, let's go straight to that, man. 2004, um, you get the call-up uh, for the squad. Buddy Grant goes uh, down, bro. Um, what was what was going through your mind at that stage? Uh, I was quite nervous. <laughs> As expected. <laughs> um, yeah. We had... We had an extended squad before the World Series, and I was in the mix, and we did a lot of travelling yeah. down through the South Island, where I would um, I would compete, I, I, I would I would I would pitch against them, and uh, had a couple of good wins against the Black Sox. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> nice smile when you humbling. said that, Benny. And, yeah, I I don't think so many of the boys were quite happy when we. Um, venture back to uh, our campsite, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't, it was unexpected. Cause, um, I remember, um, leaving the crew and everyone else was, uh, I think we were based in Christchurch at the time. And I think it was Trenton where we were based there. Well, Burn, uh, is it called Burnside or something? Burnside, yeah, yeah, yeah. London Burnside. So yeah, I, yeah. I was heading back to Auckland. I was ready to put the tools back on and go back to work. And all my mates had already planned their uh, return trip down to Christchurch for seven seven days. And um, here's me kind of trapped at, trapped at home, <laughs> kind of uh, go back to work. And then I think I got a call maybe two days before the World Series had started saying that um, Marty Grant had pulled a calf muscle. So I think I got on the next flight back down there. I didn't join the, join the squad until uh, a day later. So I had to stay in a hotel room by myself and it was all quite surreal at the time. And... Um, yeah, I think the World Series it was it was a bit of an eye opener, but 
I was young, I was naive, didn't really kind of, uh, didn't really expect anything else, but to uh, win a World Series with some of these legends of the game. What is what is Thomas Cameron's uh, thinking about sitting there by himself at a young age going, going into a World Series? Um, well, you couldn't really scroll through Facebook at the time. No, nah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was, it was a bit weird. It, I, I don't know. It's probably just too busy playing Snake on my Nokia at the time. <laughs> I don't know. It was... Uh, um, <laughs> It's, it's hard to uh, think back to how many years has it, has it been? It's been, what, about six, 16 years ago. So I can't really, I can't remember what I was thinking at the time. Maybe yeah. a few, a couple of phone calls. Yeah. To, uh, but I think it, we had to keep it quite discreet right. as well. And then, yeah. as soon as um, they they realised that Marty couldn't um, partake in, in the World Series, that's when I was welcomed into the um, back into the campaign. Nice, awesome, uh, uh, dude. Uh, when you got an opportunity to take the mound that week in Christchurch on home soil, uh, what was that opportunity like? Who was that against? Um. I don't know, I was 22, I didn't really think too much. I was, I was more of a... Uh, I think that's when pitchers are at their best is when they don't think too much. Yeah. So I just... <laughs> I got amongst it. I think I'd play... I think I pitched against South Africa. Uh, we had a very uh, decent... Yeah, we had a good win against them. I think I threw against yeah. the Philippines as well, but leading up towards the semi-finals and finals, I, I remember Don Trick and making sure that I was always ready. So uh, that was my that was my kind of outlook on it all was just, just to make sure that I was doing the work on the on the slides and um, just making sure that I'd be ready at any time given. Being the youngster on the rookie on the pitching staff, mate, or, or on the team, to be fair, um, what what are some of the things that uh, you got to take away from the senior members of the squad or pitching squad? Uh, I think you're too scared to say anything at the time. I was I was more about <laughs> it was more about just listening in to how the Mark Sorensons and the Marty Grants did, you know, with their intake on how to win a World Series because. Um, you know, this is this was our three feet. Yeah, so it was more more about just listening in and kind of remaining, just keeping quiet and just enjoying the whole process. Cool, cool, bud. Very cool, very cool, man. Fifteen years uh, playing overseas, um, the majority of them in the states, a couple of touches in Japan as well. For your time playing overseas, not for the Sox, but for club teams. Uh, what what were some of the things that you enjoyed through that journey? I definitely enjoyed my first three seasons based in Salt Lake City playing for Barry Miller Toyota. We had a lot yeah. of uh, 
lot of experience in those in that team on its own. Uh, the Pete Meredith, uh, Mitch Munthies, uh, Pete Turner's, uh, Dave Petkow, who was Canadian tennis fielder, Kyle Magistan. Yeah, I could name pretty much the whole squad. They all they all yeah. superstars in their own uh, in their own little world. So we got to travel through Mexico, North North America. Seattle, Wisconsin, Alabama—you name it. So I was, I was, I was, I was really, I was taken care of. Especially at such a young age. Um, yeah, that was. I think it was 99, 2000, 2001. So that kind of sets a benchmark for what I was expecting every other year. <laughs> um, we had, um, yeah. So it was, it was fun. We had. A, they they looked after us really well. Larry Muller Larry Muller was pretty much the he was the top dog of Salt Lake City. He he owned the Utah Jazz. Had um, a number of car dealerships. Damn. They had a, a called Cottonwood Complex. So they had a good league through the summer, Tuesday Thursday night. So we played a lot of softball, which kind of suited my my style. Yeah. Uh, got a lot of ball in. Yep. And, um, yeah, Page Break was in the mix as well. That was another team that would um, play in most of the ISDs. Had uh, Kenny Hackmeister, mm-hmm. that was the um, president, uh, ISD yep. president at the time. And he, he looked after me really well too. He, um, and there was, a, there, was, there was a mutual respect between uh, fellow Kiwis as well as... Um, you know, the guys that we played against. I think nice. back in those days, it was, um, there wasn't too many defensive ball players traveling over there. Um, apart from the likes of Thomas Marker, Jared Martin, yeah. Uh, all top, yeah, all these top players. But yeah, majority of the players that would venture overseas at that time would be mainly pitchers. Yep. And, yeah, that's just how it was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Man, you got to play so everyone with everyone wants to do Yeah, no joke. Uh, you got to play with uh, the New York Mets, man. That me so the next thing that was closest to Larry Miller. Yeah, that was the next experience on its own. Two months living in Times Square with Adam Folkard at the time. He was a yeah. He was a he was another young. Up and comer, and um, we had Heine Shannon as well, as well as uh, Gerald Gerald Gerard Buzela. So the, we yeah. had four pitchers, as well as uh, Darren Ray, who, who who was pitching at the same at, at, same time, at, at that time. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty stacked team. I think we finished second at the ISDs. That yeah, but uh, yeah, I just didn't really appreciate it at the time. Well, yeah, appreciate it more later on down the track when it's not there. You know how well, yeah. how well looked after we, uh, you know, um, how well we got looked after through those through those big sponsored time years. Must have been a bit crazy living there for the Times Square for two weeks, Benny. 
Yeah, it was quite surreal at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was fun. Who's was your fun. baseball team, Benny? I uh, was a Yankees fan. Was? Um, at the, yeah, was. Kind of like the Warriors, eh? You kind of stop these kicking the face. And, and, <laughs> I'm more of a San Diego Padres fan at the moment, Los Angeles Dodgers. I enjoy watching those guys, those things playing. Um, yeah. I think that kind of keep, keep the sanity through the, goal, the lockdown. Yeah, he's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he is. Not from a Dodger point of view, but from a baseball mm. point of view, for sure, he's, he's fun to watch, man. I can't wait till they play each other again. It's like a playoff game every time. Um, Amazing. Uh, if, if you were to grab a young Thomas Cameron at the age of, say, 14, what advice would you give him around softball? Um, too much, because uh, I think you just learn from your failures as well as yeah. uh, your accolades. So I don't like I don't like using the term. I wish I knew what I knew now, twenty years ago, because yeah. you'd be a different individual, wouldn't you? So yeah. um, I wouldn't be able to give him too much advice because I want to take away like, what I learned through through failures as well as um, um, accolades it was a different different time but, uh, yeah. we didn't have too many distractions and I may be biased when I say this but I still believe that back in those days we had better better softball players but that's just my my view on, on it yep. and saying that is it was mainly because of the fact that we didn't have anything else. Yeah. That was our yeah. That was our um, that was our number one priority through through the summer. We didn't really have anything else um, to distract us to um, push us away from our weekend sport, especially through uh, the Christmas break. I think that's what all young kids really looked forward to mm. growing up was. Um, yep these national tournaments and if you're lucky you'd play in a couple of age group tournaments throughout Christmas and that was it that was all she wrote really we don't yeah. really have any other time to um, think too far ahead so I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing nice that's the one bro no regrets um, Tommy you moved to Wellington in uh, approximately 2010-ish uh, for a change of scenery and uh, obviously jump on and help out the boys of PK that pick up a national title in 2011 first one that PK had had for a while after they had a dynasty back in the day uh, what was that like? It was um, it was exciting I think at the time I needed a change um, Marty Grant got in, got in touch with me while I was based in Brisbane. Um, he asked me what it would take for me to come down and um, and um, play for PK. Yep. And he mentioned a few names. So he, I think, their goal was to create this uh, this this new breed of PK. Um, and yeah, it was, it was. I enjoyed the, the the change of scenery. Yep, didn't go down too well when I uh, mentioned it to 
uh, Odie and Nathan and the rest of them. Yeah. But that's uh, understandable. Yeah. But I think at the same time, it was, it was time for me to maybe um, venture away something that we had um, maybe have been taking for granted. Yeah. I, I think the year before, we had one... You know, he's on title with Ramblers. At the same time, I was during the workload with uh, Japanese International, uh, Andrew Kirkpatrick, as well as uh, John Hidemi. So, yeah, we, we, we shared the, the pitching duties, which um, I wasn't too much of a fan of. Yeah. But, um, I had... For me personally, I, I enjoyed pitching every single game, and that's just how I was. So I think the change really stirred me. Uh, we didn't get the title. We, yeah, we, it took us a while to win our first title with uh, with DK, but um, yeah, we had a good good nucleus of players. With uh, the Craig Craig Wallace, um, thought he was coaching with. Thomas Mark, yeah, um, Jazza, uh, Les Potamos, Jaker. Yeah. Uh, your mate, Krusty, Damien. <laughs> uh, he had to get a mention, I guess. Yeah. And then we had the young Jerome Brimac here that really kind of found his, his uh, feet earlier on. At, I think he was maybe only 15 or 17. So he started becoming, you know, I think it took him a season or two to really kind of find his feet. Mm. And he was a, a good, um, he was a good value. Campbell Mark here was quite young at the time. Daniel Sardafi came came up from Otago. And we, we were, outside of softball, we, we enjoyed each other's company because we are all new to the city. So I think that still plays a role um, to this day that, you know, we still have um, good mutual respect between one another. Absolutely. Nice. Nice. Um, Thomas, I hope, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but uh, he had a lot of success in your career, especially young. Uh, then I noticed uh, you uh, as a fellow competitor when you made the move to Wellington, or a few years after you made the move to Wellington, mentally I started to see a change in you and becoming a stronger person as a human being. What do you think that started happening? With me personally? Yeah. I think it was a change of scenery, moving down to Wellington, being isolated from from everything else, less distraction. I think moving away from your family and your close, close friends kind of played a massive role with Mm. How you kind of uh, perceive things, and then when I moved down here, I was still I I got myself back into the Black Sox uh, squad, and I applied for the Prime Minister scholarship, so that kind of paid for my uh, my PT courses and whatnot, which was um, I'm pretty grateful for. And then I set myself up at um, at Leeds Mills, Taranaki. Taranaki Street, and I've been there for about ten years. I've been, I've been um, 
helping helping out others. I think getting um, when I first started personal training, I thought you know, my whole kind of the way I perceived things was that I just wanted to train athletes and nothing else. But yep. but I think my whole kind of outlook on things has has, has changed over ten years. Trying to uh, wear a different different cap, cap for every individual that you um, that you that you meet. But it, I think it's, it's kind of just broadened. I think it just broadens your horizon with how you see things, realizing, understanding that you, know, soft, you can't eat softballs uh, <laughs> for a living, and uh, there's there's more to life to you know just playing. Um, Benny, was health and fitness always important to you? I know you're at an elite level and you had all the success um, representing your country, traveling the world, but before you took on that responsibility of personal training, was health and fitness big? Were you watching what you were eating and and doing everything that comes with the lifestyle of PT? Uh, I was a true softballer during three, so... I hardly ever picked up a weight. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did a lot of. Uh, I think I, I did a lot of road running, which was expected from a pitcher yep. at a young age. I used to see uh, Steve Jackson running the road, and um, I think Lance Lance Roberts was a. Um, he, you know, he really kind of motivated us to do a lot of road running. So I think that was our kind of go-to if you're talking about health and fitness. Yeah. I didn't really know the importance. Of, I didn't know the difference between a carbohydrate and a protein, a good source of protein, if, if that's what you're talking about. Mm. Um, I remember 2003, I was working um, next door to uh, Dean Rice, just workout in town. Yep. And I think that was the time where I... I was finding my confidence within myself, so I went up to him one day and um, he got me on board. He taught me how to uh, set realistic goals with uh, training as well as um, game time. Taught me how to uh, uh, taught me how to form a, an Olympic de- um, Olympic list, sort of plyometric. Um, at the same time, I think he was learning how to how to teach a, a, a softball pitcher how to throw the ball more aggressively. Yeah. So he he played a massive role with how I performed through through those years. Awesome. So I take my hat off to him as well as Paul Rice. Paul, Paul Rice was another good influencer. He enjoyed the the, the long distance running that we um, we used to do before. Trainings uh, on Tuesday, Thursday afternoon. So I think it was just the people that I was involved with that um, that you can take your hat off to now. That because you know they kind of grew, they kind of built that strong foundation that you could work off through your um, football career. I think now leading to, um, leaning towards more more coaching. Uh, you see the importance of resistant training, having a good, uh, clean diet, sleeping, not being an idiot, um, 
the environment that you surround yourself <laughs> That's with. That's always the part I struggled with. Yeah, but I think um, we can all agree on this, Josh, that I think most of us softballers, we have, um, we have habits that we, uh, we kind of rely on. So in that sense, it's a matter of just helping out the, the softball community of recognising it, making it more, more appealing uh, towards health and fitness. You know, it's yeah. not just all about physical appearance. It's more about you know, how do um, how do you, how do you create a, a healthy lifestyle through um, through healthy living. What about that balance, Thomas? When, when did you know you were going to become a person? And, and this is probably where I was trying to lead to my original question, and you maturing as a person uh, on your move to Wellington. When did you figure out that you wanted to be a person that helped other people be better people? Uh, that's a good question. I think it just—I think it was just a transition transition that I was in. I think I started feeling a, a few niggles later on in my softball career that I wanted to maybe partake in health and fitness yeah. not knowing what, what that would lead towards um, and I think having a sporting background which uh, most personal trainers do have really helps out being in, being, being in a team environment definitely, definitely helps because you see the importance of helping uh, one another within a, you know, a championship team. So I think it all kind of worked out well for me, making that nice, smooth transition from playing competitive sport um, year in, year out, to uh, maybe just enjoying a job that you um, had a passion for. Yeah. Thomas, it's pretty evident throughout your career. When you put your mind to it, you you tend to succeed in things. And helping once people is something you're succeeding in, in right now. One, one step you took on the way to that, though, was bodybuilding, but not just giving bodybuilding a go. You took it to the top level. Yeah, to be honest, Chopper, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I thought that it would be a walk in the park, just like CrossFit and everything else that you kind of tapped into. But it was a it was a, it was a, de- it was a definite eye eye opener. Then going into it, I was I thought I was the bee's knees, but um, in true honesty, it was uh, probably the first time that I looked at failure. I looked at um, you know this could have been the first time that I'd turn around and quit because it was uh, so taxing on not just the physical side of it, but the, the mental the mental side of it as well. So I'm grateful for the, the mentors that I had. Um, especially uh, within that first year, I learned a lot about um, checking your calories, the energy out first, energy in. Uh, just and the importance of what is important, what's not. You understand uh, why bodybuilders do get grumpy eight weeks out because uh, <laughs> it's not it's not it's not them as a character. It's more more about them being in, in a deficit of calories while at the same time increasing the um, the output within the the, the weight, the, the the training as well as the, the cardio that 
you'd have to um, do it stupid hours of the morning. Yeah. Uh, you understand how addictive it can be because uh, when you get to the stage, it's, uh, yeah, it's almost as good as winning a World Series. So I think that kind of, that can be quite, uh, it can be quite upsetting through uh, post cop because you end up having a, a somewhat uh, bad relationship with food. Mm. So everyone, everyone wants answers when you're looking, you know, amazing six percent body fat, but at the same time you don't want to talk to anyone but your, uh, but your coach. I think post comp, you know, you're holding a lot more water. You don't really look like this uh, so-called athlete that you were two weeks ago. But you've got all this energy in the tank that you want to help others. So I think after the first year, I. Um, I helped out, well, the clients that I had on board and we got some good results just from um, learning what I'd, um, teaching them what I had learned through the first six months of um, tapping into bodybuilding. And then that, um, that was me for about four years. I think uh, the first couple of years was quite challenging. Third and fourth year, I um, took it to the next level, and um, yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, man, you, you kind of, were right. You were going to those on-stage New Zealand champs at the IFBB bodybuilding. I mean, the road doesn't get any higher than that in New Zealand. What's uh, what's harder, standing in the middle uh, with all the eyes? on you ready to wind up in a, in a, in a world series or is it uh, standing up on stage with the lights on you and your, and your little undies there? Yeah, it was, uh, I think, I think when you got a bunch of teammates, you can rely on, it's not as, um, Team as, to individual, you're, not as vulnerable, you're not as vulnerable. Yep. You got a, you got clothes on as well. So, <laughs> Uh, it depends how much work you actually put in leading up to the shows. It's yeah. got nothing to do with the show. It's, um, it's just a matter of Absolutely. how much you can um, how much you can resist the temptations that are around you every single day. And I think the closer you got to showtime, the more the temptations would arise. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of times. I think I did about eight, eight, nine shows. I think I only nailed maybe two or three of them with wow. the conditioning, with the, um, the density, the, you know, everything else that kind of goes in with it. So it was definitely an experience. Um, cool. I'm not, I'm not saying that um, I'm finished with it, but I'm actually just enjoying the fruits at, at the moment and just trying to make it more appealing. Um I'm not. I'm not trying to get people on stage, but I'm trying to get them to look at it as more of a um, what's the word? Maybe looking at bodybuilding as more as more more as your foundation, having like an outside perimeter of activities that you can really tap into if you're living that you know that functional kind of health and well-being lifestyle. If that makes any, any sense, this. It does, bro. It, oh, did, it's 
Of course. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. There's only okay. one of us that would, would actually be able to get on a stage. The other one would make the stage collapse. So. <laughs> hey, um, dude, um, I'm not too sure if you're still doing this. You were doing it a while ago. Um, I think on the first lockdown, you started doing some – did you do some, like, um, online classes for people that were in lockdown? Are you doing that again? Uh, I've been contemplating. Um, yeah. I've been in touch with my clients, just sending out group messages, making sure everyone's A-OK yep. with, um, it's all kind of touch and go right now, but I think, uh, yeah, it's yep. going to be another, probably another week or two. But, um, I've got a lot of faith in, in, in my clients or my network of people that I'm sure that they'll be doing the right things just to get through it. Um, I think just, just, just for mental clarity reasons, it's a good time just to um, just to reflect on how you know how, what what you've achieved for this the start of the year, mm-hmm. and maybe it's a good time just to re- reassess with um, what you want to what you'd like to accomplish for um, for the month of August, September, October, November, December all about kind of setting realistic goals each month so that you can um, create some small wins and um, think not try not to think too too far ahead is um, what creates anxiety and all the other kind of uh, things that people can't really um, figure out for themselves Mate, we've nice. been we've been there before. We were here last year, of course. What 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 did um this uh kind of uh, what did this time what did this craziness um of of lockdown teach you with the the old mentals and the physicals without being able to to be there with your clients, uh, helping them through it. I mean, I know we only just started this one, but you know, people will start cracking sooner than later. So so, what are those tricks that you learned from last year that you can you know apply to people this year? Maybe just it's just a good time to keep busy. Mm. Maybe have a have a good hard look at yourself and totally maybe ask set. yourself a question. Maybe ask yourself a question: What do I have to work on? Uh, just a small win. Maybe just enjoy enjoy your enjoy the company, enjoy your own company. Um, maybe yeah, it's it's just a matter of making sure you you're giving yourself. Um, a good, honest um, review on you know simple components like exercise, attitude, rest, nutrition. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, I think people look too far ahead. I think it's yeah. more important just to simplify it and make it more make it more appealing for others that don't really have a system to work off. Mm. So whatever it is, it's more about just making sure that you're in control of uh, what you can control. Nice. Well, Tommy, here's time for a free plug, man. Uh, of course, after lockdown, uh, those that want to get some help with uh, health and fitness, uh, if they want to reach out to you for some personal training, or if this lockdown continues and you do some stuff online, because I remember also you used to do a little bit through nutrition as well with providing some some menus and things. How do they reach out for that? Um, yeah, in the past, I've... Uh there's been certain softballers that have reached out. We've got results too. 
I don't know if you've seen uh, the post that I've thrown up on Facebook with Christine Eden Hurrier, who was the um, yeah, man. Black Sox member. He's yep. really jumped on board, and, man, it's probably one of the best results I've seen. Bro, he over, used to be uh, called up, up. Big Red. Now he's Lean right. Red. He's Lean Red. He's um, he's really kind of jumped on board with um, what I've been trying to preach, and just goes to show how much talent softballers do actually have. It's a matter of um, making making sure that they have a bit more self belief and realise that you know it's all about consistency and doing the reps like we would through um, through our seasons. Absolutely. Maybe eliminating a few of these uh, these bad habits that we all have, and um, yep. just. And, and, and enjoying the process at the same time. Probably, um, I think a lot of people just think too far ahead. Mm. They want a result, you know, uh, within eight weeks. But you look at um, Big Red's uh, progress, it's taken him four months. Um, same as uh, Sam Woodcock, who was a, 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 a talented catcher. He's jumped on board too. He's looking like a fine-tuned athlete. Um, uh, Jimmy Weiner, prime example, he's, he's, he's been on board for... Yeah, man. He, he did say eight months, but I think it's only half of that. Well, we've still got his videos yeah. you sent us, so... Uh. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that guy can lift, man. He's, he's one strong fella. Benny, we, we, we see you still out there, mate. We saw you as recently as clubs uh, down at Fraser in, in the PK uniform. What what has this uh, training and, and all this transformation done for you, with you? Uh, what has that done for your game? I think I just, uh, this, this time around, I was, uh, I, d- I didn't want to pitch anymore. I, I knew that if I was going to go back to these, uh, these same patterns that I was, uh, I've grown up doing, I would have these uh, imbalances through the right side, my knees would play up, so I told Stoddy, I told Larry, and they weren't, too, they weren't a fan of, but um, I, I, I wanted to contribute some other way, and um, yeah. so I was happy to play playing right field and get your three, four at-bats each game, and I just worked on my swing, and I kind of surprised myself with um, what I achieved over last season. I can still catch up to a decent rise ball, and um, I was, I was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun for me because um, it wasn't as taxing as what it would be um, being 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 on the mound, and I, I was just thankful that I, I could contribute somehow. Um, not with being vocal, but just showing these young fellas that um, some of some of us old guys have still got something to give to the sport. And what does it mean for you to still be out there and be able to put on the colours, mate? Yeah, that's quite rewarding in my own sense, in my own way, and um, it's just not just nice to know that you know all this. You know, I've been ten years doing ten years in, in the fitness industry. I'm starting to find a nice kind of balance of, you know, why I'm training, yep. and then I'm applying that towards uh, performing uh, on the softball diamond. 
yeah, the body's not agreeing as much as it used to, but I'm doing whatever I can to make sure that I can still um, catch five balls in right field and uh, swing off my ass. Well, I know the body's hurting me, but I know you, I know you're still teaching the mechanics because your Instagram's definitely showing that you're still uh, able to wind over the arm and show people how it's done. Yeah, thanks, man. It's yeah, it's it's been quite rewarding just watching these uh, young guys breaking down such a complex um, thing, and I'm actually learning as I as I teach these guys with um, where I was going wrong with my mechanics, so. Um, it's, it's, it's nice just being in that kind of position of trying to give back to some of these guys that would be um, in, uh, uh, in a position where they could probably win a, uh, a World Series with um, Jared Martin's youth uh, under-19 team. Or is it under-18? I think it's under-18. Yeah, that's but these, right. these yeah. guys, these, these, are, these guys are all... Um, you know, in, in a good position right now, and I've been sending videos to uh, Jazza with some of these guys and what we're covering, and he's he's really happy with what we're trying to um, kind of uh, do in the off season, teaching them the, the importance of um, leg drive, power drive, keeping the shoulders forward, you know, all that kind of jazz, and um, especially when it comes to international. Um, Play where we're not we're not on we're not pitching from a from a mat we're actually pitching from a from a, a, a strip which is uh, a bit yeah. different and I don't know if you could if you went up there and you noticed um, in Palmerston North how much we actually struggled throwing off the dirt as yeah, opposed man. to we're some of these other there. countries yeah. so. Um, in saying that, I, I, I can definitely, um, I can definitely tell you that we will look much stronger in the in the next World Series because of uh, these kids being the importance of uh, where all your where all your power comes from. Yeah. So it, it's nice being in that kind of uh, position of teaching uh, teaching these kids. How to, how to use your legs and let let the upper half just uh, follow. Keep, yeah, um, I put it down to uh, Ricky Grant. You know, he's been he's you know, he's brought me on board, and I thank him for that because um, you know, it's, it's it's quite rewarding from my end helping uh, helping these youngsters out, especially through the off season because that's that's where you know the work that's where you put in all the work. Yeah. Gains, I've got another. I've got another young kid, Lennox Eastcote. Oh, Lennox! Doing really yeah. well. He's, he's 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 jumped on board. He's been with me for probably over a year now. Awesome. Uh, he he's he's a true athlete, and it's it, it's nice to know that it's nice to see these guys playing both sports, both baseball yep. and and softball. Because and succeeding. Um, if it if it doesn't work out in softball, then they can always kind of um venture towards you know, getting scholarships and just, there's, there's, there's another pathway for them. Yep. But they see the yep. importance of uh, strength and conditioning, having a good balanced lifestyle outside of um, outside of your chosen sport. Well, I, 
me. Shout out to Froon and Lennox. Um, I know Froon listens to all our podcasts, so he'll be stoked to hear Lennox got a shout out there. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah he's indeed, bro. And also, yeah, also, bro, just for you, man, because this has not just been a new thing, you teaching pitches down there. You've been doing it for a while, and, and that was one of the other things. I think I remember having a conversation with you. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was like you were coaching the Wellington NFC team up at Rosedale or something, and, uh, and I just noticed in that conversation we were talking about ball and the game itself, maybe about some performances, but more about the game and just the way you were talking about the game. I'd seen such mm. a massive change in you. You're just seeing it from a different angle these days. I think if you look at me, when I was in my prime playing for Ramblers and PK, I didn't have to think too much because I had good yeah. catches that were, that, that, that were running the ship. And I think that's, that, that's true pitches uh, when you don't think too much and you just kind of let the catches do the work. Um, and then so I'm trying to look at it from a different angle, be a bit more patient with um, how you see things and making sure that, you know, you, I, I know for a for a fact that I've got a good insight with um, the game we're also yep. passionate for. So it's a matter of giving back and just make sure that if the opportunity arises, then you, um, you, know, you grab it by the horns and do, do whatever you can with it. It's just a matter of um, you know, getting some of these youngsters on the same, same page, having that same, same belief, seeing the importance of what you do outside of the game which plays a massive role. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. All right, Cousy, I've only got a couple left here for you. Uh, one's a kind of interesting one. If you could pick five people, right, to go to a Thomas Cameron PT session <laughs> to enjoy it and spend time with them, who are the five people you'd invite from any era, uh, any country? One would have to be you, Chopper. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I think the rest I, of the class is going to laugh. I think I could teach you a few things about health and well-being. <laughs> yes, you could, sir. Yes, you could. I know I can. I know I can. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know, man. Uh, depends. Depends. Kind of. uh, Maybe... Uh, I can't really think on the spot right now, but uh, there's, there's certain individuals that would probably, um, that could probably, it could probably help with them long term. Especially the ones that are around our, our era, our age group. Yep. Yep. Um, yep, fair enough. It was, it was, it was, it was quite, it was, it was nice. Playing in Masters, the Masters tournament based in uh, Island Bay before the start of the season. Oh, Just, yeah. Um, touching, but, you know, um, running into a few old familiar faces. Um, good to see Jason um, Doherty in the mix. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a big, uh, what's, what's he on the keto diet? He's dropped a, yeah. about 30, 40 kg. Yeah, man. It's wow. good to see, you know, some of these uh, old timers seeing the um, 
seen the importance of looking after yourself because I think when you're playing a, such a competitive sport, you don't really have time to think outside of the square. So, yep. I don't know. It's, it's just a matter of just reaching out to you know, others that want to help themselves. I think you don't want to waste your time with people that don't really want to help themselves first and foremost. But when Jimbo came, yeah. when, when Jimbo got in touch with me, I think the reason, the main reason was, I think one of his close mates said had a heart um, passed away, he had a heart attack, same age as him, overweight, bad, you know, bad, uh, bad, bad, bad relationship with food, very sedentary. I think that was a wake up call for Jimbo because I think he was falling in, into that same category and. Only taking him uh, from he think from what he gives eight eight months we'll go with eight months that he's um you know he's up and walking walking the trails each morning he's you know he's seen the the, the changes in his uh, approach towards business his family everything else so it's more of a uh, it's, it's not just what you do within the the gym, but it's a matter of, you know, being more wholesome and being the importance of, you know, the, 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 the whole picture and not just kind of uh, the, the weight, the, the resistance training. So, I don't know, there's, there's a few people that I could name, but um, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings right now. <laughs> Except for yours, Chop. <laughs> Should we just leave it at the door is open, because... I would put my uh, brother in the mix as well. Uh, he, 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 he he tore his uh, ruptured his arcally, oh. so he's on, he's on the he's on the mend. And I think that was uh, probably one of the most serious injuries that he's had. Um, so it'd be nice for him to maybe listen to his brother, one big brother, one time. <laughs> Well, Crispy's just had so, uh, shoulder surgery, so I'll sign him up as well. Yeah, well, he's just around the corner, so he yeah. can jump on board too. <laughs> I don't do fitness. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to, mate. You're a beanstick, that's why. <laughs> oh, well, Thomas, man, thank you uh, so much for taking your time out tonight to no um, just hear one your your. Story in softball, bro, but but your story in life, man, and and how you transformed yourself into someone who gives and someone who who helps other people to be better in their life. So, bro, because me to you, and thank you for your time. Oh, thank you, bro. Much appreciated. Thanks, man. thanks, Chuck. Thanks, Damien. Thank you, bro. Appreciate your time for sure. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. What an insightful uh, episode here with Thomas Cameron and what he's done in our game. He's won virtually everything when it comes to age groups, especially with Auckland growing up. Eden Roskill was his junior club. Then senior-wise, Auckland was dominant, and so was Mount Albert Ramblers. He finishes it off with PK still playing for them at the moment, but giving back to the game. That's the big thing about Thomas Cameron and what he's doing now with health and fitness makes him one of the key people, I think, within softball these days. Thomas Cameron. Thanks, Tom.
I'll tell you what, Damien, we've had a lot of great uh, guests on uh, Beyond the Dugout. Um, but what Thomas, uh, Thomas Cameron is doing and giving back to other people doesn't have to be softball, as you can see with uh, with the work with the gym and stuff. You know what? That just ticks all the ticks all the boxes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I, I thought it was really important. Um, I don't know Thomas. I, I've said hi to him twice, I think. Um, but uh, my mate Crispy talks very, very highly of him, and and I watch his Instagram, and I thought it was a very good time uh, with what with everything they were going through and the craziness and being locked up at home and blah, blah, blah. And I just thought it was a really good time that we got um, Thomas on to, to share his story because um, he thinks differently, you know, and, and um, we're, all a- we're all athletes, aren't we, Chop? <coughs> um, but, uh, you know, he breaks it all down. And, and I tell you, you can hear all the crazy stories from PTs you want, but um, seriously, look at look at what um, Benny's doing because he breaks it down and he does it what's right for the person, not just a generic. You know, here's what it is. Everyone's yeah. different. Every exercise, yeah, yeah. He's doing great things, and I'm and I'm stoked that we got him on during this time. Me too, bud. Me too. Some amazing feats on the diamond. Of course, uh, he'll always cherish that gold medal in 2004 with the Golden Holmes Black Sox. Uh, but now. Even though he's still involved with softball, what he's doing for people's lives, you know what? I'd just take my head off. Yeah, absolutely. You talked of um, Big, who was it? Big Becoming Slim. And then we've yeah. got, we got um, Jim, you know, where he's yeah. changed his life around and, and Benny's behind it. Eh? And, and um, but since that interview, actually, it's um, he... He was actually thinking of uh, hanging up the glove this year, the cleats, uh, but he's now taken over as head coach of Island Bay P1. So, How cool um, is that? Very cool. Very cool. Um, and he said back in green. Did he start or has he played for them or something? Oh, I don't know. But anyway. I think um, that goes back to his Eden Roskill days. Oh, the green of course there. it would be. And so, yes. yeah. Yeah. Sooner or later you'll find your junior club, right? Yeah. Or junior club, club colours in this case. Well, I'm back at my junior club, so I, I get it. And, um... So yeah, uh, very cool. And to see him uh, take that mantle uh, this this year and 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 take on a team and uh, yeah, no, nah, it's cool. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Damon, on a personal note, I just want to say thank you to everyone who reached out this week. It's uh, just simply outstanding. Um, and you know what? With Thomas's theme of his interview and giving to other people, kind of suits my old man. So this one's dedicated to my dad, Jim Gervies. Wherever you are. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much on behalf of Damien Collins and Jason Gibbs, a.k.a. Chopper, the tip one in the year for Jimmy. Fly high, Jim. Beyond the dugout, lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't want to face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates, do it for the fam. Do it for your city, true ballers understand. You gotta work together, you gotta find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Beyond the dugout, lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't want to face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the base. Beyond the dugout. Beyond the dugout. Beyond the dugout. Beyond the dugout.